This episode of the OP Radio Podcast, sponsored by BlueChew.com. That's B-L-U-E Chew. BlueChew.com. Use the promo code OP, O-P-I-E, to try it for free. Yes, we're talking boners, people. BlueChew.com. Promo code OP to try it for free. Would you let Pat Duffy put that huge effing cockroach in his mouth? Oh, God, it's not... It's, it doesn't want to go in my mouth. Well, of course not. It's you might have saw the video of <laughs> <laughs> It's seen its brethren. All right, it's in his mouth. Oh! Oh! It's yummy. Hello, Pat fucking Duffy. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, man? What's going on, my old friend? How are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you today? Uh, I can't complain, you know, just uh, spending time in my house with my family day after day after day (laughs) after day after day. How are you handling this whole thing? I'm doing all right. I mean, in the beginning, it was a little scarier than I think it is now, even though the numbers are scarier now than they've ever been. Yeah, well, at least we have a little more knowledge. You know, when this first uh, started, we all were convinced that everybody was going to die from it and you couldn't touch anything. Uh, You couldn't leave your house. Uh, But, uh, you know, with knowledge, it it gives you a little peace of mind, I guess. Yeah, well, I remember in the beginning because, you know, I got a little daughter. She'll be three in January, and I was, like, terrified. Oh, of like, course. absolutely terrified. Of course. And, and and I actually reached out to uh, Dr. Steve, the voice of reason. Yeah. And, and I, he was like, he's like, everything's going to be all right. It'll be over pretty soon. But, I mean, here we are. But, yeah. you know, at least we know now. At least we know now that kids are, I wouldn't say safe, but safer. Oh, I mean, they uh, they skate through this in general, but there's always an exception yeah. to the rule. But, yeah, Dr. Steve is like, uh, you know, the odds of getting this, Greg, are very slim. Most of us will not get this, and, uh, of course, we won't die from it. Thank yeah, you. no, and then, you know, I, I reach out to Dr. Steve with, like, something serious, like I'm worried about my family, and he's like, how's your prostate? Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Does he really? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, it's good, Steve. Like, come on, let yeah. me out here. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And so, Doctor Steve put fingers in your ass, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe two of them. I mean, I, I wasn't there to count, but you know, I couldn't. Doc, uh, walk us through it. Uh, let us know what All you're right. doing. Yeah, take your time, please. First, I'm uh, approaching the area. Okay. Well, he sure is. <laughs> and I'm separating the buttocks, the head up. region. <laughs> I'm placing my finger on the rectum. Yeah. Ah. Uh, ha. <laughs> head up. And now we are. Examining the prostate, sweeping from left ah. to right, <laughs> up and down, feels normal, ah. and Ow. we're done. Thank God. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh. Is it not sweet? Yeah, don't. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is oh. based on. On the rectum. Yay. Ah. Ha. On the rectum. Yay. Ah. You know what's sad about that? With all the things you did for the Opie and Anthony show, I almost forgot that Dr. Steve put fingers up your ass live on the radio show because, you know, that that, that wasn't as amazing as all the other crazy-ass shit you did for the show. I'll tell you what, I had to, yesterday, you know, you were like, you know, go over some things with the show, and I had to remember. Yeah. And I, and I Googled, I didn't Google, I looked it up on YouTube, and I was like, I completely forgot about certain things, like, I once ate a hissing cockroach live on the air. Oh, sure. And I remember that one. I, com- I completely forgot about that. Like, that was nowhere in my memory. Yeah. Until I heard it again. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was, I, that wasn't fun either, but. 
And I'm convinced that Joe Rogan stole the hissing cockroaches from the old Opie and Anthony show on WNEW for Fear Factor because we were doing the hissing uh, cockroaches uh, on the radio way before Rogan and Fear Factor. Next thing you know, they're on Fear Factor. I'm like, that son of a bitch is listening to this radio show. And stole that bit. Yeah, or or maybe it's a little paranoia. I don't know, but uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, so you don't remember eating the hissing cockroach? No. Well, I did once I listened to it, and then like everything came back. I was like, oh, yeah, but I just, it wasn't something that I think about. Right. You know? I remember the big couple, like there was the big three. There was the baby bird. There was the dog shit toothbrush. Yeah, and then there was then there was the homeless underwear mustache. Those were like the big three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about the the breast milk ice cream, my friend? Oh yeah, yeah, that was another good one. Yeah, you know, here's even crazier that that kid that that came from is now like twelve years old. Oh my God, we're getting old. <laughs> For the people that don't, I know, right? Well, I got a lot of people that listen to this podcast that uh, didn't listen to Opie and Anthony the first time around, and a lot of them certainly have gone back and started listening to a lot of the uh, Opie and Anthony stuff. So I got to explain. Your sister was pregnant. And we decided to bring some, or I said, hey, uh, Pat, you got to bring some breast milk in. And we made homemade ice cream. And I'll never forget that it tasted so good. I think we made a vanilla ice cream, right? Yeah, it was vanilla. Yeah. And then I remember it tasting like some of the best vanilla ice cream I ever had in my <laughs> life. And then the aftertaste was just B.O. Yeah. It, it, and then I, I started gagging, man. It was terrible. Yeah. No, and I remember, like, after all was said and done, like, I had this pile of ice cream. And, like, when I was working for the show, I was, like, dead broke. Yeah. So I was like, I was, I was hungry. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to eat it. Right. And I ate like, I ate like a bunch of it. And then I just started thinking about my sister and I was like really weirded out. So I just stopped. Oh my God. That's so crazy. I just, I just remember it just tasted like armpit sweat after the delicious vanilla that we got out of it. So, yeah. Oh my my God, Pat! It's good to uh, have you on the podcast. Finally, I've been uh, I've been uh, talking about having you on for such a long time, man. It's really, really, oh, really good to hear your voice. Um, Joe Rogan still to this day talks about Baby Bird, and Joe Rogan is obviously he's pretty much at the top of this whole podcasting world, and he brings up the Opie and Anthony show a lot, and he loves bringing up the Baby Bird because he was in studio with uh, was Bill Burr in studio that day too. Yeah, Bill Burr and uh, Ari Shafir. So it was Bill Burr, Ari Shafir, and Joe Rogan. Those are three monsters yep. now, and they were in the studio the day we did uh, the Baby Bird. And uh, you got to explain it for the people out there once again, and and you got to explain it from your point of view. Uh, that that would be the best. All right, you got. I was a, I was a long time long time listener of the show. Yeah, like my I remember I have I have fond memories of me and my dad listening to the show on WNEW when I was like a little kid, like 10, 12 years old. Yeah, and. So I was out out of high school, out of broadcasting school, and I had basically no direction in life. And you guys, I was an XM subscriber, and you guys were advertising for interns. So I applied for an internship, and then like a week later, you guys announced the eggnog contest. And I said to myself that I'm going to go there, and I'm going to participate, and I'm going to tell them that I'm applying for an internship. Yes. And so... Like, you know, push came to shove and I was there that day and it was like, there was probably 30 people in that green room. And I remember Club Soda Kenny came in and was like, we've got one spot left. Like who, who wants it? And I immediately stood up and was like, I'm trying to get an internship here. I am literally willing to do whatever it takes so that these guys know my name. Yeah. And, and he was like, all right, go ahead. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> so then he brought, he brought us in. And, you know, there was probably, I don't know how many people were there, like 25 people could be in contestants plus Pat from Munaki. Right. So, so we, you know, I was this regular contestant and I think I went out at like 30 something shots of eggnog. Well, I got to stop. Like, I got to stop you for a second. So the contest was you had to drink a oh, shot sorry, of eggnog, yeah. I think every minute or something like that. Right. Yeah. It was every, every 60 seconds you had to take a shot of eggnog and, and it was little Dixie cups, like the bathroom cup. Of right, Dixie. right, right. And it was, it didn't seem like much at first, but then you started getting like 15, 20 in and it was getting hard, like way harder than I expected. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I remember like I drank one, it was like, like 31, 32 and I knew what it, I wasn't getting it down and I threw up and I gave it my all. Like I was like, this is my shot. I gave it my all to throw up and I made it like as loud as I possibly could. And everybody was laughing mm -hmm. and I was, then I was out of the contest. So I was like, 
uh, you know, I got to do something else here. And then there was somebody there from one of the members of the message boards when that was a thing. Yeah. So there was a guy there from the message board who was puking into like a pitcher. Yeah. And, and he was like eating cereal with it. I <laughs> yeah. remember that. Yeah. And like, it was just, God, everybody was so gross. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> just unbelievably gross. Yeah. And I yeah. remember like, so I remember that I, I took a shot of that guy's puke. I took it right oh out of his my hand gosh. and I took a shot of that. And I was, and then and that's when, like, that's when there was only Pat and Pat was continuing to go. Like everybody else was out. Yeah. And that's when Rogan, that's when Rogan came up with the idea for the baby bird. He was like, we need somebody to lean our head back over this garbage can and, you know, take it, take it, you know, in the mouth from Pat from Minaki. And I remember looking around, it was like a split second decision looking around. Everybody like did that, like, when when the boss calls at work, like they're like all stepping back and not making eye contact, right? And I said, "This is I said this is my shot. I'm doing this. <laughs> like I like I don't I don't even give a shit. Like I'm just doing it." And and then you know, like as they say, the rest is history. That was 14 years ago. This past December 1st, that was 14 years ago. Yeah, 14 years ago. And I remember, I remember. This is the best part. I remember like. I was completely covered in freezing cold eggnog puke. It was still cold in his body, which I was weirded out by. Yeah. And I, I stood up and I sat up and I looked at you and I go, do I have the job? And you go, you're hired. hundred <laughs> percent. I totally remember that moment. And, and just to fill in the blank. So, uh, Pat from Monaki drank more eggnog than was humanly possible for real. He beat everyone yeah. by far. And then Rogan said, yeah, let's do the baby bird. You leaned your head over the thing. And then Pat from Monaki, I've never seen more <laughs> liquid come out of a human being in my entire life. And it was coming out like a fire hose over yeah. and over and over again. And then just when you thought there's no way he has more in him, a, another uh, a shot of like a fire hose of eggnog came flying out of his mouth all over your fucking face over the, oh, yeah. that garbage well, pail. If you watch, if you watch the video, there's a, there's like a really shitty version than a better one. Like he does like two or three like hurls. And yeah. then I think it's over. Yeah. And I turn my, I turn my head. Yeah. And then he gets another, he gets another one and it goes right in my ear. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, and I remember, I remember like the world just going mute. Yeah. Like everything was just like, and it was like, Whoa, and it's totally silent. And I was like, well, I have an ear infection. I'm fucked. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Freaking amazing. Yeah, that was uh that was the start of a good time. <laughs> He's got that look on his face like those guys in the eighties that were about to fight Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just that oh inevitable loss. Joe Rogan playing Caroline's all weekend long. Pat, how are you? Uh, it's getting real close. All right, it's getting real, <laughs> real close. The suspense. All the cameras out. We've never had more people in the studio, by the way. There's gotta be about thirty people in here. And what he's doing at least. Great. DiMaggio-esque. This is like the 56-game hitting streak. Yeah, yeah. 73 shots. This will never be broken. What shot is that? The last. 74. Oh, Pat. he's going for more. He's going for 75. Yeah, that's fine. People are calling from all over America. They've been puking all over the place. 75. <laughs> just about every city in America. He's just drinking now. He's up to 76. Uh-oh. Oh, here we go. Here it goes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The baby bird. He's laughing so hard, he ran into the corner. Yeah! A thunderous round of applause. Down goes Pat. Down goes Pat. He's wearing puke 
blackface. That was the greatest moment in radio history, period. Yeah. It's impossible to top that. Yeah. That's no impossible. Topic. Trust I, me on that. How can you top that? Trust me on that. How can that be topped? We, we are an announcing our retirement <laughs> right now because that is it. How can that be topped? Wow. Joe. That can't be topped. That, 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 that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. That was insane. <laughs> can that you believe insane. you were watching that as it was happening? I cannot believe I saw that. <laughs> Holy. Jimmy, what happened? I, I was filming it on my camera you, for, for posterity. Yeah. It was like Zapruder. And as I, 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 I got a hit, uh, the smell hit me and I almost threw up. But I, I mean, the smell. Dude, that the best, kid is The intern best part. When Pat, uh, the, our new intern, turned his head sideways to get some of it off of his face, and Pat puked right in his ear. <laughs> All right, Pat, hold on for one second. I got to talk about Blue Chew. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. I love Blue Chew. They've been with the podcast since the beginning, and I think you need to try the Blue Chew, people. I don't know anything about you, but why not? Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. What are you talking about, Ope? I'm talking about boners. Blue Chew, prescribed online by licensed uh, physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the good old U.S. of A., and uh, right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. That's B-L-U-E, BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E. Just pay the $5 shipping for a boner, people. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, BlueChew.com, promo code OPIE to try it for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. New sponsor alert, National Lacrosse League fan gear from Fanatics. I actually love lacrosse. A uh, little known fact, I actually played lacrosse in high school. I wasn't as good as my brother, but I gave it the old, uh, I was going to say college try. No, he played in college. I did not. My lacrosse career ended in high school, but I absolutely loved it. I still throw it around on the beach just a little bit, little bit. And when I was living in Boston, I used to, um, well, I used to interview all the lacrosse uh, guys for indoor lacrosse. I've, I've been with lacrosse for a very, very long time, my friends. And Fanatics is the official shop for National Lacrosse League fan gear. Whoever you root for, wherever you live, show your team pride all day, every day with certified National Lacrosse League apparel, including hoodies, shirts, Half zip uh, sweatshirts, long sleeves, hats, scarves, and of course, jerseys. I love the jersey they sent me, by the way. Thank you very much. I'm a lifelong fan and need my fan gear to keep up with Fanatics. Every National Lacrosse League product is priced fairly and made to last. And I want to thank them for the merch they sent me. Really, really nice. Really cool logos, by the way. And uh, the jersey, very, very soft. I like it a lot. All right, this is what you got to do. Fanatics is the only place to buy official National Lacrosse League fan gear. Do what I did. Get yours in time for the upcoming season. Save 25% when you use the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, at shopnll.com slash OPIE. At the very least, go to the website. Check it out for yourself. Shopnll.com slash OPIE. Now back to Pat Effin Duffy. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was the start of a good time because then at, at that point, you became the, the guy. You became pretty much uh, an overnight sensation in that Opie and Anthony world uh, from doing that. I mean, that's how you started your time with the Opie and Anthony show. Yeah. And then you didn't disappoint after that. I mean, most people would have been like, fuck, you don't have to do any other stunts uh, for the rest of your time <laughs> here. But you were always coming up with something just crazier and crazier, man. What was the second? Well, you, what was the second craziest thing uh, you think you did? Oh, the uh, baby bird, the dog shit toothbrush. All right, and the homeless underwear mustache. Right, yeah, because yeah, that was that was probably the second thing because that baby bird was in December, and then the the quote unquote duty wars that we had. I believe that was in the summer of 07. So like that was like 06, 07. That's probably the second thing. Yeah. I remember a couple of times, I remember a couple of times in between 
you guys had me in studio like just talking because you were like this guy's kind of weird yeah and somebody wrote in on, on instant feedback that i had a hit list in high school yeah and i had to like go in and talk about that and i was like that was pretty awkward but no, then it was the the dog shit toothbrush. I believe was like the second big thing. Yeah, I remember you bringing that in because you would surprise us. I'm not sure if we came up with that or or because a lot of these you came up with, and I, yeah. I I remember that you came in and you had just a you had this shit eating grin on your face and you broke out like a sandwich <laughs> bag with uh, dog poo in it, and and I believe we kind of passed it around to make sure it was legit, and then you yeah. brushed your teeth with well, it. Let, oh my god! Well, let, let me explain. Let me explain. There was, yeah. At the time, at the time, if you remember, we were, the XM studio was being renovated. So we were in K-Rock all day. Right. You remember that when we did the whole show from K-Rock? Oh, absolutely. And we, we were like, quote unquote, warring with Eastside Dave from Ron and Fett. Oh, gosh. And that guy, I know, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I don't care. And then, uh, I know. He's exhausting. <laughs> He's, he, he started some weird war with me. I'm like, I, I've never done anything know, to you. But go ahead. No, I, but yeah. So you remember Cream Pie Jones? Of course. Like, yeah. So Jared Cream Pie Jones, like they challenged him. To, you guys challenged him to do something with human shit, and he like right. he did something with the duty hat. So yeah. And I and I remember he called me because I was off that day. I worked Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and that was like a Tuesday. And he called me and was like, "I can't do this shit stuff. This is your this is your deal. <laughs> you, you need to handle this." <laughs> so. I, I was like, I was coming in the next day and I was like, well, I got to do something to top this. Like, I, and I was literally outside, like watching my dog take a shit. And it was like a moment of inspiration. I was like, I'm going to brush my teeth with that dog shit. Oh my God. And it just, it went, and I remember, like you said, I, like, I remember that next day you were like, what do you got? I'm like, well, I'm going to brush my teeth with dog shit. And you're like, no, really? What do you got? Yeah. I'm like, no, I like pull, and I pulled out a bag of dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm doing it. I brought this on the train. I crossed state lines with this. Yeah. I'm, you know, like, I'm doing it. <laughs> um, you, would, you would horrify people all the time with this stuff. A little water. Uh, Make a, like a paste out of it. Just paste, though. Like a, like, yeah. yeah Not yeah. a soup. Oh, that had a thud. Oh, God. Into the cup. Uh, now mush it up into a nice pasty consistency. Oh, uh, does it stink really bad, Iraq? Yeah. Wait, let me see. Maybe we ought to keep it in the bathroom. It's very sour. Uh, oh, God. Oh, it looks like chocolate rain. <laughs> oh. Oh, just look at it from here. No. Look. Oh, oh God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Richard oh, puking. Richard puking. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh, fuck, it stinks. Okay. Uh, uh, Pat Duffy's girlfriend is in studio now, too, so. I'm about to uh, brush my teeth with dog shit. Do you want to make out? All right. <laughs> all right. Here's the toothbrush. All right, here we go. Did you practice this at all? Oh, my oh, God. Shit. Oh, all right. no. Oh, is that God actually on the Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, Wait, God what are we damn. looking at? It's oh, very God strange. It's like it's dog shit that's been out in the yard with gra a couple grass clippings in it, perhaps a dung beetle or two. There's no way he's doing this. Oh shit! No way! <laughs> like the hand's already over a garbage pail. Ready? Yep. Well, look right at his side, Dave. Fuck you, Dave. Bring it. All right. his teeth with dog shit. Oh, God damn. Oh, God damn, no. Get the molars. Damn it. Damn it. Oh, listen, wait, get the, get the brushing on Mike. Get the brushing on Mike. Oh, what do you think, Rich? Oh, Where, why are you over there, man? I'm puking from here. Oh, God. Wow. He just brushed his teeth with dog shit from the yard. Oh, man. How did we get to this point? Um, it was unbelievable. And and uh, I remember after we hired you, I was like, I'm, I was legit uh, scared of you. And, and, and it took a, a lot to scare me because I've seen a lot in my radio career and I've been around a lot of crazy yeah. people. Obviously, one of the biggest mistakes I've made in my life is surrounding myself with a lot of crazy people there, Pat Duffy. <laughs> so when I agree. Yeah. So when uh, it, it turned out that you ended up becoming more normal than a lot of the people that were surrounded uh, on the Opie and Anthony show that I was surrounded with on the Opie and Anthony show. 
it was it was nice to see how normal you became. You got married, you had kids, you got a regular job. I'm like, God, right? I I wasn't wrong about this kid. But in the beginning, man, you absolutely scared me. You were you were nuts. Like you said, I set the bar high in the beginning, so I just had to keep that going. Like that was the top of a crazy wave that I didn't want to crash. Right. So I was just like, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to continue to do this, and like. And I just, do you remember when we had live audiences in? Of course. In, on Fridays and stuff? Like, of course. Like that, was the funnest, that was the funnest time ever. But, like, I would go in there and people would be like, there he is. Right. You know, like, you like you guys would walk in and then, like, other interns would walk in and then, like, oh, shit, it's him. There he is. There's the guy who does anything. Yeah. You know, so I was like, I had to, like, I had to just be like, that's me, you know, I'll dance for you. You know, <laughs> like, well, I had to be like that guy. And it was funny because... You started out as an intern. Your uh, before your first day was even over, you already were an overnight sensation. And then there was like all this stupid fucking jealousy with the staff and you. Uh, yeah. I, I, all right, let's get into that. Well, you can so, talk about whatever you want. <laughs> I remember like day one, I showed up to actually work. Like I came in, and it was, and instantly the other interns were like, they they wouldn't give me the time of day. Right. Yeah, and then, and then certain staff members like uh, you know uh, I'm not going to mention names, but Sam Roberts was <laughs> <laughs> was and I, and I'll say this I'll say this because I don't I don't care at all like Sam Roberts is the biggest piece of shit I ever met in my life. Well, and I can't I, I can't I really to this day. I can't really argue with that, my friend. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I tried to I tried to warn you. I really did. Uh, <laughs> a, a few people tried to warn me, and I uh, I simply didn't want to believe that he uh, was the backstabbing piece of shit that he turned out to be. I mean, the guy. Yeah. Guy was there when I uh, when my kids were born. We took him on vacation. We treated him. We treated him like royalty. We treated him really, really well. And uh, yeah, I mean, simple as that. I just you know, fuck him. And, and, and it was all he was just looking for an angle the whole time. A hundred percent. I understand that now. I understand that yeah. now. And there were a lot of people that took advantage of the fact that me and Anthony did not get along. So it was, uh, you know, it was convenient to, you know, try to get right. on my good side to, uh, you know, to uh, to show loyalty toward me against Anthony. But in, in the end, right. it was fake loyalty to see how far he right. could get in this fucking world. He's playing both sides. hundred percent. A hundred percent. As soon as, as soon as one guy walked out of the room, he became the asshole. Right. And then, he, you know, when the other guy came in, oh, I, you know, what's up, boss? What's the whole deal? No, the fuck that guy. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like, listen, on a side note, I don't know if I, I, I messaged you about it, about speaking to Sam, but I actually took place in a documentary that, or I took part in a documentary about Sam. Okay. I don't know if you heard about it. No. And it, it's, it's actually, it's, it's pre, it came out pretty good. This British dude made it. And it's called the last professional broadcaster, or the least professional broadcaster. Sorry, I, I and I can't sit here. I, I honestly did hear about that, but I did not. Uh, I try not to click on any of that stuff. I really, no, I, I really I try not. No, I was just saying the documentary is good and everything, but he, him, and I spoke on the phone for like two hours, right? And he actually put that out unedited, yeah, on YouTube, yeah, and that's got more. That's got more views than the documentary, and it's pretty good. Like. I go really into depth with Sam in that in that interview, and it's like I got a lot of shit off my chest. So it's really cathartic. So if, any, if anybody's listening right now that wants to check that out, please do. It's it's just called uh, like if you look up least professional broadcaster, like it's like the second one that comes up says like Pat Duffy interview. Okay, and what so, were some of the things yeah. that got off your chest? Because there was like. Uh you know, you guys uh, went at it a lot during the Opie and Anthony years, and uh, at the time, I, I liked both of you guys. Uh, that's a fact, right? No, I know, but no, well, like I mean, there was like the big fight that him and I had on air, right? Where you know, like he was like throwing shit at me, and it was, and it was, you know, and I now as a more mature adult, I understand that you were directing the show, right? And, and you know, you were making you're making good radio, and I get it, and like it is what it is. But he was coming; he was not coming from. Hey, let's make good radio. He was coming from let's like personally fuck with this guy, right? 100%. And, and he was, like he was he was not coming from a good place, and he was throwing stuff at me. And I like legitimately, I said fuck my whole career, and I legitimately went after him, right? I remember. And I tried to get my hands on him, and I remember Master Poe, right? Who he 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 got he like got me in some weird ninja hole, <laughs> and I remember. It, and I and I I will give Poe his credit. I he, I could not get out of it. 
Oh no! And if I could, yeah, if I could, I would have. I literally would have destroyed him. I understand. And, I I, I got to explain for the podcast audience. Master Poe was one of our security guys back in the day, and uh, wow, he was he was intense as well. He took his job yeah. incredibly serious uh, seriously, and uh, oh he was man, a good dude, though. yeah, yeah, he, I, I liked Master Poe a lot. You know, he, he was like yeah. he was like a, he, he was like a cheerleader for the show for a while there. Yeah, no, and he was a good dude, and then who was like a genuinely nice guy, and then the staff did nothing but make fun of him. Right, a hundred percent. Like, which, which was like, which was part of the element of like that boys' club there that like really made me mad because Paul was like a really good dude, and he was just trying to do his job, and they would just like continually mess with him. Yeah, you know, and and it, and it used to make me so mad, like. Well, what I, that whole element like that made me mad. Well, I don't understand when everything was running on all cylinders and the show was uh, incredibly hot. There was such toxicity uh, in the studio, outside the studio. As a guy that like worked for the show for many, many years, where did all that come from? Do you think? I mean, there was yeah. so much backstabbing. There was so much like everyone was talking about everyone behind their backs. No one was safe from that garbage. Absolutely, no one. And it, it no. became such a toxic environment, unfortunately. And it and it's a shame because we had such an incredible radio show going, but we just couldn't help ourselves. Yeah. It, it made it not fun uh, for me for many many years. I I fucking hated it. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I, you know, I I really enjoyed going there, and but the those elements that you're talking about, they were really hard to avoid. Right. And like there were days where like I would I did get up at two in the morning. I'd take the path train into the city and I would be literally like, I'd be tired. I'm broke. I, I, I'm working for free. And I would just be like, is this really worth it? Like these guys are assholes. Right. You know? And, and it was just like, and I'd get in the morning and I'd be like, all right, like, you know, outside the door, I'd be like, all right, let's do this. Right. And I'd walk in and there's, and there's Sam and he'd be like, what's up, stupid. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Like I could like if him and I were on the street. I would just murder him. Yeah. You know, like, and it's just like, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give credit where it's due. Eric Iraq was, he was good to me the whole time. Right. He was a good dude. I know that you guys, you know, whatever, but no, he, no, he was a good dude to me. He, uh, he was a soldier for, for me and, um, and the radio show. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. And as far as murdering, yeah. murdering Sam, you meant back in the day, obviously, you know, when, oh, uh, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, oh yeah. You know, I, I, I haven't done this in a long time. You're right. I can't say stuff like that. No, no I mean that figuratively. No, because I know I know you have changed as a human being, and I certainly know I have changed a lot as a human being as well. But um, oh yeah, uh, I don't know. It was uh, it was quite a ride. It was really really exciting. You were a huge part of it, um, but also it was it was exhausting. It it, it was too bad oh, yeah. because then it, because then everyone split into two camps. It was the uh, it, it was like Team Opie, it was Team Anthony, and then you had Jimmy playing it both ways for you know both uh -huh. sides. He didn't really want to uh, commit uh, publicly to either side, although behind the scenes he obviously, you know, committed to Anthony's uh, Anthony's side. And then Sam was kind of on my side, but he's shit talking me when I'm not around. Uh, I found that out, you know, after the fact. It's just like, oh yeah, it, it's too bad because we had such an amazing thing going, and it, it's sad that. Me and Anthony couldn't uh, figure out our shit, and Lord knows I tried. I absolutely tried to figure out something, but uh, in the end, it wasn't uh, it wasn't fixable. Um, yeah, and it, it's a shame. You know, it really at the at the end of the day, it's a shame. And like, you know, I think enough time has passed now where it's like you can kind of look back on a different perspective, and it's like that was really a great time. Unfortunately, it didn't work out the way it should have. Right. And unfor unfortunately, people online, you know, they don't let go of anything. No. So you, you can't just let something rest, like. I remember recently, like, somebody tweeted something, like, over on Anthony's side, they tweeted, like, something about what you were doing, and I just wrote on there, like, just let the man live. <laughs> like, <geez. laughs> what's what's wrong with what I'm doing? I'm, I'm having a, I'm having a really good time. I'm, uh, I'm able to be a father and raise my kids, and yeah. I, I just enjoy the hell out of what I do now more than probably uh, than many, many of the years of the Opie and Anthony show. 
Uh, you know, and, exactly. and, and, and yeah. I, I don't know. I don't even know what Anthony does. I truly couldn't <laughs> tell you. Most of this stuff doesn't hit my radar. I had to block him on social media. And then he, you know, he takes shots at me with fake accounts and stuff, not to drag you into this. And I'm like, dude, I could just live your life. I, I don't even know what your show's about at this point in time. I have no idea. I, I truly yeah. wish him the best, but it's really, really frustrating sometimes to, to say that. And, and I yeah. got to tell you, like, you know that I've been trying to get you on the podcast for a long time, but one of the reasons why I didn't put you on the podcast is because I don't really like even dipping into this shit. So I'll, I'll dip in every once in a while. Uh, I'll come out of it and then I'll, I'll do my stupid, uh, you know, live streams from the beach and, and talk about anything but this stuff. And then just like every once in a while, maybe I'll hit on the Opie and Anthony show when it, when it, yeah. it seems right. I knew exactly where you were coming from. And I was just like, no, I, you don't want to dredge up the past too much. And I get it. And like, I, I, you know, I was, I've been listening to the podcast since day one. And I remember like back in the day was like, you hit it pretty hard, like with the old stuff and you were mad and you're yeah. walking on the street, with, oh, you yeah. know, you're walking on the street with Carl and you're hitting it, you know, big time. And yeah, I got it. I get it completely like, you know, and it's a different era now. And by the way, sorry about Carl and Vic. Oh, I mean, that's Jesus terrible. Christ. Well, I mean, <laughs> I finally uh, figured out, you know, another super show uh, and I uh, was hanging yeah. out with people that respected me, knew that was uh, knew that I was funny, encouraged me. And uh, we had great chemistry and more importantly, a, a, a better friendship. And uh, yeah. I cannot believe, as I sit here talking to you, that both those guys are gone. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Me. Yeah. No, and you know, the, the worst part, I remember I woke up that morning and Carl had passed and I was like, I was like, there's no way this is true, you know? And then like, you like you, you obviously accept it. And then Vic dies. And I remember the first person I thought of was you. And I was like, he just had something going. Like, yeah. this was just getting going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it, terrible, it's, it's, uh, I'm still not over Vic. I haven't even begun to mourn. Um, I think right. because of the coronavirus and everything, I just pushed that way down because me and Vic were leaning on each other to get, uh, past Carl's death. You know, I can't tell you how many yeah. phone calls me and Vic had and just, you know, there were tears with these phone calls. And uh, oh, I and then to, to have him uh, leave us too is just it's it's just mind numbing. I'll tell you this though, real quick. Just you know, I'm, I'm in good health. I just went to the doctor, got my COVID <laughs> test. <laughs> I can't tell you. I got my COVID test. I got my blood pressure checked. I'm good to go. If you need to call on me again in the future, beautiful. I'll be here. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. So uh, I want to talk about more of the stuff you did for the the radio show because I want to make sure we. Yeah, yeah. What what other things do uh, do, do you remember doing? Doing. Let me pull up my list here. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. The list. Was... <laughs> I took some notes. All right. As you get out the right. as you get out the list, there's a couple things I want to say. So you mentioned yeah. um, the studio with the live audience over on 57th Street. Uh, the yep. XM at the time built us a state of the art facility, not just a not just a studio, a facility where we had bleachers that we could roll in. We could slide open these giant glass walls and then bring the bleachers right in. And if we were really feeling it, we would put the fans like 10 feet away from us in this giant space. And then in, in front of the bleachers, we would do all these insane, crazy shock jock um, stunts. And I, the day I knew we were, uh, well, it was the beginning of us being fucked. There were, there were, many, uh, there were many signs. But uh, the first one was when we merged with Sirius XM and those lazy motherfuckers didn't want to walk from uh, uh, where Sirius was, which was, what, 48th and 6th or whatever, all the way up to yeah. 57th Street to keep an eye on us. And they started doing that after the merger, and they're like, you know what, we got to just move you into the big uh, building you know, in Times Square. I remember begging them. I said, this is going to kill our vibe and our rhythm. Don't do this. We got our own thing over here. We had two security guards. We had a metal detector. Fans waited outside every day so they could do the show. And some days we, you know, no, every day we would let the fans in, but some days we wouldn't really acknowledge them and they would just sit in the bleachers. And other days, uh, you know, they more than participated with the radio show. And I said, you can't take that away from us. And they're like, no, we'll, we'll get that same vibe over at the big building. Long story short, we leave that amazing facility and they throw us in a tiny, tiny little studio like everybody else. And I'm like, we're fucked. We're fucking fucked. Uh, the, the spontaneity of the show went away, too, because when we were on 57th Street, uh, we would get a call like, hey, I'm downstairs and I want to, you know, stick a, a pickle up my ass. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> come on up, you know, and, 
you know, we would check them for uh, weapons. They would go through a metal detector and they would be wanded. And, and next thing you know, they're just on the radio show. And then when we moved over to where Sirius was, we had to schedule this stuff in advance. There was no reason as a fan to come by at all because it was almost impossible to get, you know, get in on the spare of the moment. And, and I, this is a long way to say that it also fucked you, Pat Duffy. Yeah, actually it did. <laughs> because like you're you're legendary in the Opie and Anthony uh universe and you're going to you know talk about some of these other things you did for us, but the fact is when they got rid of that vibe on 57th Street, moved us to the big building, not only did all the spontaneity go away and the fans couldn't show up uh, anymore and we had to schedule it and stuff. Next thing you know, we're under their roof, under their eyes. There's lawyers all over the fucking place. And they shut down all that amazing stuff that uh, that we were doing. And, uh, you know, I mean, the times were changing, but I, I, I honestly thought we had a few more years where we could have done some of that crazy stuff still before it yep. totally went away. And, and unfortunately, that meant uh, the end of your run with Opie and Anthony because I, I remember talking to you going, Pat, I can't really hire you because we got the, you know, we got these other guys and they're not letting us do the stunts anymore. And it, it was a, it was a sad day when you kind of just like faded away from uh, the whole Opie and Anthony world. And I don't know if I've ever explained that to you. And I don't know if I've ever said sorry to you because I think you should have been uh, treated much better considering everything you, you did for the show back in the day. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I appreciate you saying that because I honestly have been wondering for a long time if you ever even really knew the real circumstances of my last day. No, probably not. So, so I never made it over to the new building. Right. No, I, I know I that. Was, I was let go when we were still on 57th Street. Right. So really quick to make a very long story short, do you remember intern David? Of course. So David was extremely favored by the staff and Club Soda Kenny. Right. Particularly Club Soda Kenny. Right. Who I, ne- who I never had a problem with. I, I always helped him out whenever he needed, you know, but he's like kind of like a weird dude to begin with. And, you know, like he doesn't really let people get too close to him. So I just kept at arm's length. I helped him whenever he needed, whatever. So uh, Club Soda Kenny really favored David. And it was really, I, at that point, I'd been there like al- almost close to four years working for free. And this kid was getting like royal treatment and it was making me mad. Yeah. And like, he was getting no responsibilities, like, whatsoever. Like, he didn't have to carry anything. He wasn't putting down gaffer's tape. He wasn't doing anything. And I remember I came in I came in one Friday, and Steve told me, like, who, God bless Steve. I miss Steve. He was like, he, he sat me down and was like, I think this is the end of your run. And I, I was like, I don't understand what you mean. And he, he goes, well, you know, I think we're moving forward without you. We don't have much room left here. I, there's no positions that are going to open up. We're merging. We're moving to the building. And I was like, all right, well, I can accept that. But, you know, I would like to talk to the guys before I go, you know, maybe just like say thank you. So that was when we were still at K-Rock and we went to do the walkover. We went out, went out to the street and I'm carrying like three huge bins and I'm like, I'm like way down and there's David walking with Club Soda Kenny, not carrying anything. And I literally walked past, uh, Kenny and he goes, Hey, Pat Duffy. And I just ignored him. Right. Like I was like, I, I just, I just kept walking and he's like, Hey, and they turn around and he's got that big voice. And I was like, what do you need, Kenny? And he goes, he goes, this is your last day. I go, yeah. He goes, good. I'm glad you're leaving you piece of shit. Wow. And I, I, and I go, and I go, wow, Kenny, really? I go, I go, what's that about? And he, he, and he just walked away and I get up to, uh, XM and he didn't want to let me in the building. Right. He was, he was, and so I like go in and I talk to Steve and he goes, no, you just got to get out. He goes, that's it. Kenny decided you're a threat to the building and you got to go. And, and that was it. Like, that's how my, my career ended. Like I literally was escorted out by master Paul. What? So what was that about? You think? I have no idea. Like he, I, I think, I think Kenny just got mad that, uh, you know, like he could tell that I was mad that, you know, I was carrying all this shit and David wasn't. Yeah. And I blew, I blew off whatever he was going to say because I just wasn't in the mood. Like, yeah, of course. That kid was getting, he was getting to me and I walked past him and he, and he just, he like freaked out and that was it. Wow. Well, yeah. And then it also happened to be like this weird day where 
you actually left the show early, like you got mad at something. Right. And I I waited outside the building for you to talk to you because I wanted to say thank you. Yeah. And you and then like out of nowhere, like an hour before the show ended, you walked out, and I was like, oh man, I I just want to let you know they're making me leave too. But you were like, you were obviously preoccupied with something because you were just like, thanks, Pat. I'll see you later. Uh, like what? that was it. And I, I don't think you realized what was going on, but you probably had much more complex shit in your mind. You know what I mean? I, I tried, I tried to walk off the show many times and, and I, <laughs> I quit a couple times and they kept dragging me back and they're like, you quit. There's no show. And I'm like, well, but, but this isn't fun anymore. And they're, and they're like, well, why don't you stay until we could, you know, figure everything out here for you. It was yeah. it, the whole, it should have never been like that. And everyone has their opinions and they certainly uh, throw them out there uh, to this day, every single fucking day. But look, we could talk about that, uh, you know, uh, a little later or whatever. <laughs> but what I want to say after you just said all that, I, I have to tell you that I'm really, really sorry. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, because you should have been treated better no matter what. I mean, the, you know, what you did for the radio show was just simply unbelievable. You know, when it's all said and done, um, Pat Duffy bits come up uh, a lot, my friend, a lot. Well, and it's kind of sad to know that's how it all ended. And obviously I wasn't uh, right in the head because I don't really even remember this. I don't remember uh, walking out of the show that day and for what reason. I, and I don't really remember um, talking to you outside the building as it's, yeah. as it's your last day. No, I, and I don't, I don't blame you for it. Like I said, you know, you got, you got bigger problems than me. I get it. But I appreciate you saying sorry. You don't have to say you're sorry. It is, it's no, no, except, no, 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 no. Except my apology because... In the end, my name was on the on the billboard there, Opie and Anthony. So it you know comes from the well, top. Yeah. You you should have been treated better, and uh, you know I, I'm absolutely sorry for that. No, don't 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 lose sleep over it. It's no big deal. Oh, I didn't trust say me. I'm going to lose sleep <laughs> over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, trust me, as as I'm sure we're going to talk about. Yeah. I am I am miles away from that person. Right. So. It's it's all worked out. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Well, that's why you know over the years I, I I've kept tabs on you a little bit here and there, and I, I go, man, this guy I think has gone through a lot of the same transformations that I went through because you know people like to talk about me being an angry guy and an, and a miserable guy and this guy and that guy. I'm like, yeah, there was certainly a time I was I was all those things, but uh, I haven't been that guy, and I couldn't tell you how many years now. I right. I simply couldn't tell you. But everyone goes back to that well of, oh, he's a, he's angry. And uh, Greg Shells, I guess, is one of the nicknames, which is funny to me because <laughs> out of the three of us, was I the one that uh, that you had to walk around fucking eggshells around? Are you kidding me? Uh, no, I can tell you from personal experience, no. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I can I really I'm, not, can. I'm not saying yeah. I was perfect, and I'm not saying I got in people's faces because I was frustrated because I knew what that show could do and what it was capable of doing. And when people fucked up, I certainly could have handled it differently. I definitely got in people's faces and yelled and screamed and, and whatnot, but I also did amazing things for a lot of those motherfuckers. And in yeah. the end... You you you're, you you want to like convince the ONA universe that I was the guy that people were scared of in that studio? <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I mean there were certain days when like you know you could tell your mood was off, and it was like Dad came home from work mad. Yeah, you know like yeah. a, like a little bit like a little bit, but yeah. you, that's just human nature. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying I, I wasn't the you know that guy uh, a bunch of times certainly, but it's so funny that everyone wants to just rewrite history. And uh, and act like they were perfect in that environment, and I was the only guy with issues and problems, and that you know caused the show to go off the rails. It was it, everyone brought their bullshit to that show. Well, oh, you, you want to you, you want you want me to tell you why I'll always be Team Opie? Go ahead. Uh, why why forever I'll be Team Opie? And I've told this story. I told the story one time before when you when the when you and Anthony were fighting the big time. Yeah. So. You were the one that when I got in that big fight with Sam and I got tackled by Master Poe and everything, like that, that I thought at that moment that I had completely screwed the pooch on my entire career. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought that I let the, the emotions get the best of me. I thought, I said to myself, I said, Duffy did it again. Yeah. He fucked everything up. You're done. So I grabbed my backpack and I said to Steve, I said, I'm leaving. I, I, I got my shit and I left. 
And I was like, I went down the, the staircase because there was the elevators on the staircase. And I remember I went down like two flights of stairs and I sat on the stairs and I lost it. Like I was emotional. Yeah. I was upset. I was like, I just screwed this whole thing up. And then I heard the door open up top and I turned around and it was you. And I don't know if you remember this at all, but it was you. And you came and you came and talked to me and you reassured me and you told me everything was going to be all right and nothing was going to happen to me. And, you know, it's all for the radio. It's all for the show. And you were like, even if they come down on us and say that, you know, you're being violent, it was just for the show. And, and literally that moment forward, I was team Opie 100%. I remember that day. I remember that day like it was uh, yesterday because it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Simple as that. And we had a yeah. lot of power with the company. And I'm like, no, th th this is not what's going to take uh, Pat Duffy down. No fucking way. I, I, I remember that like it was yesterday, Pat. Well, I, and, I, and I forever appreciate that because when I really thought that I had completely fucked everything up, you reassured me and you told me everything was going to be all right. And I even went back. Yeah. You were like, come on back in. You're like, don't worry about it. Don't go home. Come yeah. back. And, and I know some of those fucking weasels are listening to this and they all <laughs> have a similar fucking story where I saved <laughs> I their can. fucking ass. <laughs> Troy, Troy, well, uh, Troy comes to mind. So Troy, you know, he did, uh, he, he, he was ranting, raving and, and it was, uh, there, it, there was some gay stuff in there and it pissed off some, uh, some people at Sirius XM. I got to keep it kind of vague. And, uh, right. and they fired him and it was, it was 4th of July weekend, I, I believe. And I remember the whole 4th of July weekend, I'm fighting for that kid's fucking job. And they're like, no, you can't save him. I'm sorry. You know, the, you know, the gay slurs and this is, you know, this time, uh, this, uh, day and age, that's really, 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 really bad. And I'm like, yeah, but he was doing it for the show. It was for entertainment. You know, it, it was, uh, it was just content. He doesn't mean that he's a good guy. He's a hard worker and he's very, very talented. And I marched up to, I'm naming names, Jim Meyer's office. And I had a sit down with the guy and I said, look, I, you can't fire the guy. And he goes, you, you can't tell me what to do. And I'm like, you, you just can't. It's not right. Long story short, <laughs> they don't fire Troy at all. And then Jim Meyer calls me back into his office and he said, look, we didn't fire him. But next time he looks me right in the eye and he points into my face and he goes, next time. Uh, stay out of it and let the company do what it has to do. And I'm like, oh, my God. So it hurt my reputation. It hurt my stock in the fucking company, right? When I got, yeah. when I got uh, let go from SiriusXM, I never heard a fucking word from Troy. Not a word. Not a fucking <laughs> word. I mean, human decency would, would tell you to expect something, but you can't expect a hundred percent. Not a word. Not only <laughs> that, he jumped on the, you know, Jimmy decided to really make it hurt and throw a uh, fuck Opie party at his apartment. I'm sure he hasn't had any of those guys back since, by the way. And they made videos and stuff and they were making fun of the fact that I was let go of Sirius XM. And I, I looked at that, that video and went, really? And I looked at all the motherfuckers that were there, and I go, I fucking saved your job. I saved your fucking job. You're, you're talking, this one is talking about this guy behind his fucking back, but they're making believe they're friends. It was unbelievable to me. I mean, Roland, Roland literally, they, they would not hire because he, had, uh, he, he lied on his resume. Lied on his fucking resume, but he was a really good booker. And I remember going to Steve Blatter. He's like, we can't hire him, man. He lied on his resume. And I'm like, what the, you know, but he's really good at his job. Can't you look the other way? And I was the one that got through to the company to hire uh, Roland, even though he lied on his fucking resume. And then that piece of shit turns around and got so jealous that me and Carl became such good friends to the point that me and Carl tried to include him in everything we were doing. And that motherfucker goes to human resources on me on a bullshit charge that I fought and <laughs> won, that I fought and won, obviously without getting yeah. into details. But, but I, I, you trigger me because the story of uh, running down and making sure you were okay and making sure that you knew you weren't getting uh, fired for that. I did that for all those motherfuckers, including Anthony when we were in fucking Boston and a new PD came in, a piece of shit, Dave Douglas, and he was a traditional radio guy. And he looks at me because I, you know, I was the radio guy and, and uh, Anthony was very green, but very, very funny and very, very talented. 
And this Dave Douglas, he pulls me aside. He separates me from Anthony in the break room. And he basically says, uh, uh, so uh, why Anthony? You know, he was feeling around like, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think you need him. And because he didn't understand because it wasn't the, the basic radio garbage that he was uh, the program director before this, before he met us. And he was hinting like, you know, we want to get rid of Anthony. And he's like, why Anthony? I go, why are you listening to the fucking show? That's why Anthony, you know? So <laughs> I, I even stuck up for him over the years. Holy shit. It's it, Pat, some days I, I, I sit here and go, oh my Lord. <clears throat> you know, I wasn't perfect. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, I brought, I brought a lot of shit to the table, but my God, fuck. <laughs> no and and they'll never they'll never tell stories about you doing something good no nah, that's all right i mean it, it, i mean yeah. it, does, it doesn't sound all right as you listen to this right now but truly it's all right you know i'm in a i'm in a much no, i know the feeling yeah i'm in a much different place but every once in a while i go back i dip in and i get triggered certainly and uh you know some of yeah. this stuff comes out and uh and i think that's okay you know i think no, it's okay. I, I'll t- I'll, no i know this i say i know the feeling because after i got let go I was so mad. Yeah. Like I, I was like, a- I was angry in my soul for to, to, not to say something corny, but I was like angry to my core about the way things ended. And it took me a long time to even start listening again, even like casually. And I, and I was angry for a long time, but like, I just let it go. Yeah. You know, my, my kid, my two year old loves frozen. I let it go. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> Well, how and did, I just like, how did you get to that place? How did you get to that? Place? I got, this is going to sound, this is going to sound stupid, but I listened to, uh, tequila and donuts day. Oh, okay. If you remember that, yeah, I, like, I remember like, I was like, I remember like I was doing something at work and like my Twitter was blowing up about people talking about tequila and donuts. And I was like, let me listen to this. Cause it was an Eric idea. Yeah. And like I said, I liked, I liked Eric. Yeah. And I tuned back in. I tuned back in and I laughed my ass off. Yeah. Like I was like, I was like, this is hilarious. Like, and I remember like laughing again and like letting it go and just like enjoying it again. And then like slowly over time, I just started listening again and relating again and just like Uh, just moving on from it. Like I just let that anger go. Oh, oh, so it it took uh, just, you know, listening to the radio show and tuning in again. It it didn't take a shaman like it it did me. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no shaman. No, no shamans (laughs) and no super soul Sunday with Oprah Winfrey or Eckhart Tolle or none of that. No, no Ram (laughs) Dass. No, no. I mean, and you know, and you know, I, my wife, my wife, I credit my wife a lot too. Yeah. Growing up. Yeah. So, you know, I, I did a lot of that growing up after I met my wife. So that was a big part of it, too. What what, what kind of childhood did you have? Because, like I said, when I, you first came around, you were an angry, angry man. You know, as a 35-year-old adult male, I can say I had a great childhood. Yeah. Like, I, I grew up in the woods. My parents were together. My parents have been together since 1981. Right. Like, I, I we had a great house. I have two great siblings. And I had a great time. But I just had that suburban, white, teenage angst where i was just mad at everything for no reason right and everything everything that happened to me was somebody else's fault and you know and i just i i was just an immature kid that was just pissed off at everything right so like that you know and i carried that over into my early 20s and then like i was like still on that wave when i met you right so it's just like I, i just kept that going you know and then you know, years later, I just let it go. You just forget about all that shit. Right. So, yeah, but you, uh, that's not easy, man. Most people fight that the, the rest of their lives. They fight, oh, yeah. they mean, fight I, their trauma yeah. from their childhood in a lot of cases and stuff that happened to them. And they feel like the world did them wrong. And uh, they'll take that shit to their uh, their grave. And there was certainly a time in my life I thought I was going to take all sorts of shit to my grave. And uh, for me, I think it started when I met my wife. And uh, certain, yeah. and certainly continued when I had my my kids. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's still people I um, I hate. I'll hate them to my grave. 100%. You know, there's still like there's st- you know there's still like there's still things that I'm mad about that I'll be mad about for my whole life. But I have other stuff. I have so much other better stuff going on. Right. That I don't focus on. You know. I mean, it comes out every once in a while. Yeah. You know, like you know, Pat fucking Duffy is still a part of me, but uh, he he's he's a minor part still. Right. Yeah, you got a so. you got a normal job. You live in the middle of nowhere. 
Uh, you've been married yeah. how many years now? Uh, I've been with my wife for 10 years. We've been married for four. Wow. How did you guys meet? Yeah. Uh, we met actually, uh, well, I'll tell you, after I, I separated from the show, I tried really hard to get to work in radio. Like I tried really, really hard to get another job in radio. And I was like, I was on all access, like looking up board op jobs in Idaho overnight, like nothing was hiring. And I imagine they're still not hiring anymore. No, but I like, and every time I would sit, I would actually get in with somebody and I would sit down. Like I sat down at New Jersey 101.5. I sat down in front of their program director and the dude had baby bird queued up on his computer. (laughs) (laughs) And he he just, he looks at me and he goes, is this you? Yeah. I go, yeah. I go, yeah, that's me. And he goes, he goes, this isn't an image that we wanted to have associated with our radio. Oh, go F yourself. And that's why all those other shows, uh, you know, a lot of them were jealous of Opie and Anthony and, and what we were accomplishing, but they weren't brave enough to take the fucking chances we did. You know, they had to follow and a form. They had to follow a format it, clock yeah. and and no, we do radio this way. Dave Douglas was in that in in, in that uh yeah. arena basically. And I my philosophy was always like be really prepared for a radio show and then throw all that away and just fucking talk. And if you're falling flat on your ass, then there's plenty of stuff that you guys delivered to us and prepared for us that we could work off. And th- and that was the secret right. of our show. And everyone else, they yeah. didn't understand that. Like, no, it's 10 minutes after the hour. We got to do a sports break right here. And then we got to move <laughs> into the local news. It's like, and then they all would be so jealous as they saw how huge we got. Oh, yeah. No, and. And I was going for a part-time overnight phone screen job. Like, yeah. nobody would even know who I was. Yeah. So, long story short, so I, when I was working with you guys three days a week, I was supplementing, making money by doing landscape. So, <clears throat> I then, I gave up on radio, basically. I was like, you know what? This is going to follow me forever. The industry's tanking anyway. Like, I don't even listen to radio anymore. I just listen to podcasts. And, like, the industry's tanking, so I got a job working for a landscaping company, and I moved on from that to this company that did property maintenance for all these group homes. And I met my wife cause she was, a, she worked at one of the group homes. Yeah. So, so I met her there and then we went from there and then, you know, I was with my wife for a little while and then she encouraged me to like, you know, she told me to shoot for the moon and I ended up landing this job now that I've had for six years that I, I literally like, they, I love going to work every day. So she's, I credit her with the whole thing. Oh, beautiful. That's absolutely yeah. beautiful. Well, you 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 get it, man. You get it. Yeah. You uh you 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 live in the moment, my friend. It's the only way to live. Like you know, I I can't dwell on what happened, and you know, all I gotta I gotta have faith that everything's gonna be good tomorrow. But in the meantime, just enjoy myself. Well, I, I I'm glad you came out the other side because uh, I, you deserved way more respect. I mean, you were absolutely nuts, and the stuff you did was were absolutely incra- you know crazy, and you certainly threatened a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> but I we couldn't got, help it. <laughs> but we got but we got over that, like we discussed. And uh, honestly, you were talented enough, and you should have uh, been able to make the 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 leap from you know uh, when we had the XM studio to ourselves to the big stupid corporate Sirius X uh, the Sirius building uh, you should have been able yeah. to make that leap you were talented enough and I apologize that it didn't happen but I certainly was dealing with uh, all sorts of other stuff uh, around that no, show it's, it's, it's no worries man it, it, everything happens for a reason and now you know I'm literally talking to you from my, my garage and I, like, like my wife and kids are sleeping yeah you know I, I, I'm doing just fine don't worry about me well <laughs> just don't turn that car on no no I keep it outside <laughs> I got a couch in here there's a fridge it's a real man cave you know oh, oh beautiful <laughs> beautiful man so what were well, the- when you were actually when you were traveling and you were doing like podcasts from around I, I wanted you to come here and hang out I know and, and it's I, a good time I well like I said earlier I I blew you off a lot just because I was like, I got to pick my spots and only dip into this, you know, O and a stuff, uh, from, you know, here and there. And that was the only yeah. reason why I didn't, uh, you know, get you on the podcast sooner. Cause I really wanted to try to leave as much of that behind me as possible. But it's, it, you, you realize it's, imp- it is, uh, impossible because people want to talk about it all the time. So yeah. I no, pick- it follows me. It follows yeah. me to this day. Yeah. Like when anytime Rogan talks about me, 
and they play that like I got like guys that come up to me at work and be like, Rogan talked about you again. And I'll be like, Oh yeah, Joe, yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah, he's yeah, my, he's my old right. bud. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I just like play it off, but like it, it's always it's always a funny thing for me, like when I be I hang out with somebody new and like I become friends with somebody or a new coworker or something, and then they're like they're like, I I, I gotta ask you about something. They're like, I, I I think I watched you get a prostate exam on YouTube. <laughs> You know, yeah, and I and like and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah. everybody should do it for health reasons. Yeah, you know, uh, absolutely. Well, you were way too it, young. You didn't you didn't really need that. Yeah, I know. I should probably get one for real now. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I mean, a day doesn't go by. Just get back together with Anthony. I'm like, uh, oh my god, have you been paying attention? Because the the little I do know, he's not the same fucking guy that I, I I fell in love with as far as, you know, doing radio with. That guy is long yeah. fucking gone. And the person I was is is long fucking gone. Uh, and I'm happy yeah. where I am in my life. And I, I can't speak for him because I don't know. I don't know. I truly don't know the guy. I feel like I never really knew the real guy. Uh, but as far as like all these people, I appreciate that. You know, the the show meant that much to them, absolutely. But you also got to pay attention and realize that that ship has sailed, man. That guy yeah. is obsessed with politics and race and being uh, a conservative and uh, and a Trump supporter and all that stuff. And and uh, I don't want I don't want to deal with that garbage. <laughs> well, I'll tell you from from a long time listener perspective. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would love to hear it, but I I am also a realist. I know that it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I also, and I also know that like, I feel like if it did happen, like I, I it would just be like probably those guys ganging up on you. Oh, and I don't think it'd be yeah. fair. Look, in all, you know I, what I mean? Like in all honesty, the mistake I made, you can't have three guys because two always go against the one. And I, and I certainly, you know, I was the odd man out and they're like, and they use that against me and stuff. But it's the fact is, like, it was very obvious that those two guys should have went off and did a fucking show together. Um, when Anthony got fired, uh, Jimmy stayed. And for whatever reason, Anthony was able to spin the whole fan base against me and leave Jimmy alone because they were pals. And it's like, right. this is insane. Like, Jimmy was basically sitting in Anthony's seat uh, and, and made a giant raise when Anthony was let go. <laughs> But make sure you have the whole fan base just focus on me, and you leave Jimmy alone. It's that's the insanity that I can't, I can't, uh, I simply can't take. And you know, I don't blame you. And and then people would be like, uh, you know, those motherfuckers. They just stopped paying paying attention to me on my own radio show. They never gave me. There were times I would say something on the show and go, "You you guys are just fucking assholes." I know what I just said was really funny, but they didn't want to give me anything. And this went on for fucking years, man. Years. No, there were. And then they wonder why I was so like mad and stubborn and miserable and all that. Uh, You know, well, add that to the equation because that certainly, certainly um, uh, was one of the reasons. No, there were there were multiple times I I can remember like you would get something, you would say something, and I would be laughing my ass off in the car, and I'd be and I'd be like, they're just not giving them any. No, no, they were. Like, I'm like that was legitimately funny. Yeah, you no, know, yeah, that you know. So uh, that's that, that's where a lot of the anger and the, and the misery came from. I I said this recently on the podcast. It got to a point where I'm like, why am I even fucking? Boo, 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 boo,